Well, we don't have a toast now because we. <laughs> oh, oh <well>. dang! <laughs> I still got yeah a little bit to slurp. I guess but... let's let's go ahead then. What's up, nerds and dorks? Welcome to PG Spoilers, part two of the two-man crew. <laughs> yep. All right, I'm Resident Daryl, and alongside me this week, Basehead X. Hey. Hopefully, if you're listening to this episode of our two-man uh, roundtable review, then you have already listened to our hit record response um, uh, episode. I was going to say issue, but this is not a comic book. So that just goes to show you right there. I've been reading too many comic books. I'm starting to think of life as issues. Oh, yeah. Maybe I oh, have, man. Maybe yeah. I have issues. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Hector. So we, uh, we've been hanging out, doing some recording, talking about some stuff. Before we get into our reviews, uh, let's take a little time to kind of catch everybody, uh, uh, the listeners, up on what we've been up to. So. Uh, I'm going to go first this time. Usually I like to give you guys the floor, whether you or uh, I drop roaches or our guest. But while it's fresh on my mind, I got a, a shout out slash what they call a twerp you. I don't, I don't really know what that means, but it's something that sounds on the trap That's a new one for me. It's a thing. It's basically like a, like twerp, a, a you? twerp you. It's something to do with like a, like a, a negative version of a shout out. I, I would imagine it has something to do with shaking your butt while you fuss. Whether that's what it is or not, I'm going to go with it. Um, but Tricky Mick's been over there on Trophy Horse running his Peter Puffers about passing me in trophy count. Now, here on PG Spoilers, we uh, don't sit back and bask and gloat in our uh, trophies and achievements and things <laughs> um, like we should. I mean, let's just be honest. We totally should be. Uh, but I did want to give the listeners an update on what I've been playing and where I'm at. And I wanted to. Uh, very politely encourage um, Tricky Mick to get good and get on my level. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, I've been playing some what they would call uh, spam games, some trophy trash, if you will. Uh, games that are not necessarily uh, hard to beat. Um, the trophies are front-loaded, you know what I'm saying? You get a lot of them. I'm currently sitting at 165 platinum trophies as of July 26, 2019. Tricky is at 141, so he can suck one. <laughs> as they say on PG spoilers, he can suck it. And I have zero. You have you, you zero got, trophies. You don't have. You, or you, I mean, you uh, platinum. You don't have platinums. We'll get you there. That's going to be like later on down the line. We'll get you there. But a couple things that I've been dabbling in, right? A little bit of Arkham, uh, Batman Arkham VR. Uh, we played that. We yeah. did a little review on the, here on PG Spoilers. Uh, fantastic game. I played a little bit of Ben 10 with my son. Uh, I talked about that on Trophy Horse the other night. You know, I played some Ben 10. It's actually a pretty decent game. It's a 2D side scroll beat em up. 
uh, but with the Ben 10 comic art style or cartoon art style. Uh, fun game. I've been playing some Bullet Storm on PS4. I don't know if you ever played Bullet Storm. No, I don't think I did play that it's one. A first... No, wait. That's another one with the chick? That's the... No, it... it's a first-person shooter. Um, it's... Oh, first... Okay, no, first I haven't played that then. It came out about the time that the Gears games were coming out. Um, but it's like, if you... Let's say, it kind of looks a little bit like the Gears art style. And the people that made it also made one of the Gears spinoff games. Uh, but if you can imagine first-person Gears of War... Uh, where you can slide and kick people. When you kick them, they go into slow motion. You can shoot their body parts uh, off yeah. and or knock their bodies into uh, like environmental hazards. Yeah, okay, yeah. Fantastic freaking game. Uh, remind me before you leave, I'll send you home with it, and we might even do like a big deep dive into it. It doesn't take long to beat. It's super fun. The, uh, the writing in it is really comical and funny. And in the PS4 remaster of it, uh, you get to be Duke Nukem. It was like oh. a, there was like a download pack that you could be Duke Nukem. And so you're, the character model is Duke. All the audio is redone as Duke. But the rest of the game uh. still thinks you're Wade. Oh, so they're like referring okay. to you as Wade. And he's like, mm, who the F is Wade? I'm Duke Nukem. <laughs> and then like, this is one line where this chick's like, if you keep following me, I'll kill your dicks. <laughs> and he's like, kill my dick? How is that even possible? And it's just really... <laughs> It's really funny, uh, and it doesn't take itself too serious. Yeah. So I'm going to send you home with that. We might do a PG spoilers on it. Fantastic game. It's great. I've been playing that. Just uh, I never got the platinum in it on the PS3, and I beat it on PS3 and Xbox 360. Never got all the achievements or trophies. Thought about doing that. Um, we'll see. Right now, I'm just playing it in the mornings before work. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I did get the platinum in Hoggy 2 or Hoagie 2. I don't really know. I'm going to say Hoagie. Uh, H-O-G-G-Y-2. It is a little puzzle mm-hmm. platformer. And it didn't take very long to do. Um, got the platinum on it on the Vita and the PS4. Um, shout out to uh, CJ from Push to Plat. He recommended the game. You know, I, it was one of those, I was on the fence about, do I need to buy another quick and easy platinum because I'm kind of saturating my trophy list with those. But he said it was pretty good, so I went with it. And I enjoyed it. It was fine. Um... While I was on the show, the trivia wars the other night, I was playing through uh, Neon Junctions. I said on that show that I was probably not going to get the Platinum. It's a first-person light puzzle game. So basically what you do is you have to like put these blocks on these certain squares throughout this map, and you have to kind of climb all around and do all this stuff and get these lights to light up to get to the portal to get to the end of it. Mm. Um, it was, even with a guide, it was more frustrating than it should have been. Uh, I didn't enjoy it, and I almost gave up on it, but I didn't. I'm glad I saw it through and finished it. Uh, so I got the platinum on that. As far as like legit games I've been playing that are not trash, uh, I've been playing some Monster Hunter World with my son. Um, it's a pretty enjoyable game so far. I- I've done more watching than I've done playing. I've like the way things go here at the house is like I put on a game, I start playing. Bless you. Thanks. And then, uh, and then one of my kids is like, "Can I have the controller?" What? How about that? I'll I'll bark I'll burp and fart on the mic, but I don't want to sneeze on there. Sneeze on <laughs> and then I didn't even let you like go. I like I addressed the fact that you did it. So, <laughs> anyway, I just want to give a little update on what I've been uh, playing since I am strictly calling out the trophy horrors on how they're not on my level. They can't keep up with me. I'm gonna I've passed them all in platinums. 
Man, I wish that that makes me think I had. I wish I had that sample of that song. Get on my level, yeah. Hole. <laughs> yeah. get on my level. You can do it. You can. You, um. So I, I, they're not gonna, they're, they're not gonna keep up with me and Platinums. I am, I have tied their number one guy, 165 Platinums. We're tied as of this moment. Oh dang. So and then all I gotta do is go play when we're done here, get up in the morning, and play, and boom, I'm passing them. I'm off to the races. 200 is mine. You can't handle me. You can't see me, John Cena, all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, and before you know it, I will have passed Tr- Tricky in total trophy count. He's got 10,000 trophies. I got 9,300. He's got like 10,400. Dude, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like in 20 years, oh, we're going to be all old and, and, and you and Trick are still going to be like, we're going to see who's going to get to 5,000. <laughs> well, hopefully. hopefully <laughs> or to 1,000. Yeah. Like the 1,000 trophies. <laughs> we're going to get a million trophies. Let me well, Xbox. Oh, we would have inter- integrated with Xbox yeah, by, by now. Then, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be chips and planted in the back of our heads. We're gonna be sitting in the nursing homes, him and him in New York, and me in uh, South Carolina. I was like getting online. I'm like, hey, get the orderly to text him. Will you, yeah, will you text him for me? Will you say, suck it, tricky, I passed you. Yeah, yeah. And y'all got those big phones. Yeah. We got the big phone, the big letters. Yeah, and you still gotta hold it from this far away because you yeah. can't see. And we're gonna call each other. You know, like old people when they talk on the phone, they scream at it. Yeah, and like hello, what? Hello, tricky. Can you hey, suck it? Tra- and then I'm like holding it. Suck, suck it. Tra- <laughs> He's missing teeth. So he's got the lisp. Sounds like Mark. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, comics go, because, you know, that's been the one of the big things that I've been contributing to the show. Uh, I've read uh, the latest issue, Detective 1008. Um, Joker takes over a uh, like a carnival area. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. Joker terrorizing all the people working the carnival. It is fantastic. I love it. Um, what else? I picked up City of Bane, which is Batman issue number 75. A big fat WTF. Like, I just don't really know what's going on in this Batman run. Like, every time it starts to get good, it just does something where you're just like, what did I just read? And without sitting down and breaking down the issue, you know, which I thought about doing tonight, I just don't really know what's going on. This guy's only got like a 15 or so more issues before he's done. And then a new writer takes over. So I'm going to keep picking them up and we'll see. Uh, next week's pull is going to be a really big one. Um, with some really good books coming out next week. Um, I've been reading up on some old carnage stuff getting ready for the new carnage run next month but uh other than that i mean dark knight's metal uh one of these days i'm gonna sit down and do a entire series of podcasts on the dark knight metal books and then the batman who laugh books um they're so good i'm just having such a blast with it i'm not really reading anything independent right now i'm just kind of sticking between marvel and um and dc and then next month so in uh, in uh, august I will be a guest on the world's finest true believers comic book podcast. And we're going to be talking about the executioner song, which is a run like a big story art that happened through several different Marvel books back in the early nineties. Uh, you know, X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor, stuff like that. And so I've been rereading it. I haven't read it in a long time. I've been uh, rereading it lately just to kind of get familiar with it. And it blows my mind how on the nose it was with like political and racial stuff. 
Ah. Like, I do remember that the X-Men and the the way those stories were told was very much a, not so much a parody, but it was very much a, um, like, people didn't want to accept mutants because they were born different. Different, you yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the same way that people don't like different races or different whatevers because they're different, you know? And, like, that's just human nature, you know what I'm saying? We'll never truly overcome that. Uh, I'm not... Yeah, you know, I think it's great that we're different. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to get all crazy political and stuff like on here, but I think that like the things that make us different is what makes us unique. And that uniqueness, in a sense, um, makes us better as like a species. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. as humans. Like if we were all the same, things would suck. And if we treated everything the same, it would suck. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I just don't like. I don't know. Reading back through these, they're just like there's so like so much social political stuff in the text. And nowadays, I see that stuff and I'm just like roll my eyes like I'm so sick of it. But I remember yeah. in the 90s reading this stuff and it was just like, "Oh yeah, this is great. This is of course, nobody likes mutants, but mutants are great." Yeah. yeah. And so it's just weird seeing like rereading some of that stuff now. And like how the political landscape of things now and with the current outrage culture is, like how unacceptable every single political statement is nowadays. But the time that we mo we all as a group, our age group, looks back on the nineties so fondly, you know, and it's just like you go back and I read it, it's like, well, that was extremely political stuff. This mm-hmm. is very social political stuff. But I love it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's weird how there's like it's almost word for word the same. It's just my perspective on it is a little different. And reading through it, it kind of made me cringe a little bit, like how on the nose it is. You know, I'm yeah. just like, oh, okay, I get it. But the story's good. You know what I'm saying? The comic books at that time were really good. It, br- it brought on so much nostalgia. And I'll round up the last thing I've been doing is I've been going back and watching the X-Men animated series. Um, oh, the original? The original, the first uh, season. I had the first season on, uh, on disc. Dude, I never... I still remember what I think is the very last episode that I watched that was still not, you know, I never finished the entire thing. My mom loved X-Men. Dude, yeah. I'm, the last episode I remember seeing is the episode with, uh, was it your name, Bishop? Yep. Um, long hair? Yep. Um, uh, the, the it was when... Mullet kind of? Yeah. Uh... It was when uh, uh, Professor X died, some, or something like that. They're uh, in the just, future, and Wolverine and Storm are together, and um, that part I can't remember. But I know it was like in slow motion. Professor X, he was like, "What in the world?" And it was like, "No!" And then it shows an explosion or something go off. Yeah, that's the last thing I remember. The last episode I remember seeing. Yeah, come to find out, there's like four seasons of that cartoon. I honestly don't seasons. remember the whole story though. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. the last episode I remember, but I don't even remember this rem- series from the beginning. It's good, man. I'm going back and watching it right that now. That would be cool to go back and watch that. Yeah, we we could do we should do that one night. Just watch a few episodes. Yeah, night, you know, for the podcast. But man, it's good. Like that stuff. That entire season or series and the Spider-Man cartoon that ran in the '90s. That stuff was on Hulu for a while and it got pulled. And man, I tell you what, me and my kids watched through all that stuff, dude. It's phenomenal. And it's on. It's I've been buying the di- the, the they sell. Like discs were like four to six episodes each, you know. It's like, oh, here's this story arc, very similar to how comic books are done. Um, so I pick them up when I see them, but I 
only own the first season like, entirely, and like I want the all the rest of them. And they're on Amazon and stuff like that. But like, I had this weird like uh, desire to find things on a deal. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and I know we've talked about it in the past, but it's like, it's like, yeah, sure, I can go on Amazon right now and pay like twenty seven dollars and buy it brand new, or I can keep waiting and find it on sale, or find it at a flea market, or find it at a Comic Con, and you know, be really excited about finding it. Yeah, and then have that little exciting moment of finding it. <laughs> I can I can hear that stuff out. It doesn't. Yeah, no. Sometimes I don't even know why I get like, why well, I don't even know why I get like worked up about it. I'm just like, yeah, I can edit it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. But so, what have you been up to, Hector? Yeah. Uh. uh, uh haven't been doing. I haven't been doing too much. Um, walking around because oh, broke balls. Yeah, <laughs> do my nuts. My uh, my nuts. My notes. Do my nuts. <laughs> my my, uh, my notes do say music nuts and Uncle Joey. Oh, That's what my notes say. But uh, yeah, lately, yeah, uh, like we were talking on the other uh, episode, I I ended up, I don't know, my little creative spark got reignited so i've been getting sucked back into music and that's felt good you know i miss that feeling of uh <laughs> what my nuts in one breath you said nuts sucked feels good oh. and, and like i know you didn't say it intentionally like that but There's like the key words me being out. me being a 30 year old teenager <laughs> i just heard the uh, the keywords and i was yeah. like <laughs> yeah <laughs> well well you know i mean i <laughs> that's why i haven't been doing no too much walking or working out <laughs> when you bought one of your, when one of your balls is like the size of a small egg and a big grape <laughs> <laughs> So, well, besides that, still in recovery or trying to wait that out. But yeah, I've been getting back into music and stuff, and uh, yeah, I miss um, yeah. Now I'm th- I'm thinking about my music and stuff when I get home. <laughs> and um, and uh, I went and I went to a comedy show uh, last weekend and saw Joey Diaz for the second time live at uh the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, and uh. It was it was fun. Like, uh, yeah, it's so it's so unique to experience something with a group of people. Like, it, even well, at least my experiences are base nectar shows. Uh, I've been to a rugged maniac event and comedy shows. So obviously they're different experiences, but man, laughing together, laughing with that many people together, man, it's 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 cool. And Joey Diaz is. He's he's filthy. He's just filthy. But God, man, it it was a good time. And there's always got to be like a drunk person, obviously there, especially at comedy shows. Well, at least th- this was the only time where I had like a moment, like, oh man, I'm surprised he didn't address it. Like, it towards the very uh, almost like maybe like the last ten minutes. Some dude just thought it was just a great idea. And I personally like, this is like one thing I can't stand seeing. Sports people do it all the time. I, I, they see, you know, have the, the horns like, yeah! Man, this dude thought it was a great idea to say, yeah! 
yeah. And he did it twice. And you can see the wave of people. As soon as that sound came out of his mouth, you saw the wave of, like, the effect of people. It's like, whoa, what are you? Too much, bro, too much. <sighs> Man, and then as I'm walking out, the guy in front of me is like, we were started kind of talking or whatever, and he's like, yeah, man, that dude over there, like, messed me up with that sound he made. Like, I don't know what he was doing with it. I'm surprised, I'm surprised dude didn't, Joe Diaz didn't address it, but uh, it was a good time. Got a little, little escape. It was fun. And, uh, shoot. People used to do that when we played music a lot. Like, in between songs is when people would use that opportunity to, to blurt out something absurd and crazy. So you would hear, always hear, like, play some Skinner. Yeah, yeah or Freebird. Free and yeah, I remember that. Yeah, or yeah. more Cowbell. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, because that was right after that Saturday Night Live skit came out. So it was like, um, it was like uh, Will Ferrell. And Christopher Walken, and you had these guys playing the song, like an old 70s group or whatever. And then, uh, like, Will Ferrell would be kind of getting into the music, and he busts out the cowbell. Oh, and he's God. Like, tink, tink, tink. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then the band would stop. And then Christopher Walken was like, guys, it was great, but you got to have more cowbell. <laughs> and just like his whole thing. Oh, is, that's where that and came just from. turning this, like, absurd. Just, like, and so the bands that we play with would start. Playing the cowbell, you know what I'm saying? It's like, just oh, on it and, okay. And then it took on its own life. It was just like, no matter what band played, you wouldn't even have a cowbell on stage. Somebody yell, "Yeah, gotta have more cowbell." <laughs> and then one of our buddy bands wrote a song called Cowbell. Oh, great! Where they put it in there, and it was yeah. like a whole thing. It was, oh my god! Wasn't there um it's like the dab right now? Like, you know, oh. yeah, it's like basically cowbell was the dab for the early 2000s for us. Wasn't there a thing too uh, when I was going to some of your shows? Wasn't there a, like a, a Bob Dole, uh, like an inside joke or something about Bob Dole? <laughs> no, it was uh, what was that guy? God dog it, I can't remember his name, but it was like uh, Dave Chappelle did a skit making fun of the dude. The dude, the yeah, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we played his like we played his intro speech right before one of our songs. Uh, like, oh, he did. <laughs> Yeah, because oh, uh, I forget the guy's <laughs> name. Every time someone brings it up, I can't remember the guy's name. Man, that makes you want to try to make a song out yeah, of that. Yeah, but uh, Dave Chappelle did a skit, and he's like, and what we're going to do is we're going to take back the White House, like, Bjorn! Yeah, that was in the lost episode. And then I'm going to go and chop this mother effing desk and have, like, Bjorn! Oh, and then I'm going to get my wife and go, Bjorn! <laughs> and he just did this whole thing. We thought that was so funny. <sighs> so we played the dude's skit, like, the dude's actual speech. So it was like some like epic orchestrated music kind of building up in the background. And he's like, hey, we're going to take back the White House. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just so caught on the moment and so excited, but it like killed his campaign. Oh, it is so weird. It yeah. So, we, <laughs> so what we did was right before our intro <laughs> one songs, he's like, hey, what we're going to do, we're going to take back the White House. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then our music. <laughs> oh, man. So we come right in with a song. And we just thought that kind of crap was really funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what he does, what he's doing now. He's sitting back, like, <laughs> bagging groceries. <laughs> here's, your, here's your groceries. Yeah! <laughs> he's uh, in public, taking stuff out. Yeah, with paper, it. plastic. They're like, hey, Joe, you want to take <laughs> out this uh, bananas for this lady? Yeah! <laughs> oh, man. That, and then that's... How long ago was that? Oh God, like ten years. How we're getting old? No, longer than that. Like I forget what it. Be, I, I guess he was running to be a president back in two thousand and eight. So yeah, I think Dude, whatever. I lose track of time, man. One thing, 
well, one particular kind of thing about Joey Diaz. Listen to that dude on a podcast. Man, that dude can call back. Uh, it was uh, it, it, it was uh, April of 1986 on a Thursday. Like, how do you remember that, dude, man? I like, can't. I can't, I can't even break down years. I mean, I'm mixed up with my years even, <laughs> let alone the month, you know, the day. I joke with my wife a lot, and I say that like I've got like a span of life where I don't remember things very well. Yeah. And I said it's because I gave myself multiple concussion syndrome from headbanging for so many years on stage. Oh, well, that actually probably yeah. is legit. And so, like, if you think about it, because, like, we, we played, like, 300-some-odd shows in a six-year period. Um, and I, the only reason I say that is because when we hit our 300th show, we were like, good Lord, we've been doing this a lot. You know, we played 50, 60 shows a year. And it was just like, um, man, I don't think I'm going to count them anymore. Like, it was like we had had this it's group yeah. discussion behind the back of the MBT one day. We're like, yeah, I just don't think I'm going to keep up with it anymore. Because we had like 10 or 12 booked up for the next few months or whatever. It was like, we hit 300. It was like, okay. It's lost count now. <laughs> it was just, I remember this weird, awkward exchange. And then it was like, we were all talking about it. And it was like, yeah. yeah. And it was crazy. And I actually don't remember why I'm talking about that. I just, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the call, the callbacks. Like, I can't. Like, I can't call back much. I can kind of call back, like, era. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I do remember this particular thing. It was relevant because this was before Obama was the president. So this guy was clearly running to be president. Joe Wilson is his name? I can't remember Joe his Wilson. name. Joe either, either way, uh, I just remember we did it. We were really hot and heavy from the years of 2006 to 2000, uh, probably 10, realistically. Whenever the recession hits, when things got real financially dire for us, like we, we really, it cost a lot to travel. You know, gas was way yeah. high that whole time. And um, people weren't coming to the shows because people weren't making money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, people weren't working full time. So, um, you know, from 2006 to 2010 or so, it was probably when we were our hottest. And then, so you got to think probably around that election year, 2008 was uh, somewhere around in there is when we were playing that little bit. But yeah, I've never been, I, I I it's so weird for me to not necessarily be the most political person in the world. I can the presidential eras, those four year blocks, is mm -hmm. like the best way for me to look back on yeah the time and place kind of stuff. But yeah, I've never been able to call back time and date like that. That's yeah, a, that's a freaking I, gift. I, I, yeah, I don't understand how people do that. But yeah, I, um, one thing, another thing, I'm debating on doing. I think it's next month. I gotta look at the date again, but. For me, for $50 and a meet and greet, Steve-O. Really? Yeah, I think it's next I think next month or September. Where, uh, where at? At the same place, the uh, Charlotte oh, Comedy Zone. Sweet. So I don't know. I was, thinking, I was like, shoot, man, $50, I'll meet Steve-O, man. Shoot, right. I mean, it's, a, it's an opportunity. I take, mean, take a Matchbox car. I got to box them in there. Oh, my Put God. Put it in the condom yeah. and have him sign it. Oh my god, that would be crazy. That would be amazing. Oh, dude, yeah, if I did do that, like if, if he would sign something like what would I bring? Like a dildo a or something? A matchbox car and a condom for where he <laughs> stuck that junk in his butt and got it extra. But what would he sign though? Like this condom would have to be dried to up. Stretch though. it out. Yeah, I had to dry it out though. Oh yeah. Like well, I mean, it'd be it was, Yeah, the Yeah, I wouldn't open it in front of him. I would probably <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm blow dry it. Before. Yeah. <laughs> just no, hanging out to dry or what something. What you do? Yeah, you like 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 leave it out and man, and like I've never like mm -hmm. left one out before, but I can't imagine that like they're gonna stay. 
Like they gotta get. It'll kinda, end up breaking it's apart. Kind of hard. Yeah, it'll think, probably man? end up deteriorating. Well, maybe like the night before, just like leave it out with the car in it, and then see how if it, it dab it down get, with like a like a rag or something. Get it laminated to. or something. Yeah, but like uh, have him sign it, and then afterwards be like, "Hey, man, it was used." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, I don't know, man. I might like I've been debating it. Let me because I I need to kind of like hurry up because that, that place isn't the biggest, so it could. Yeah. So, I, but I don't know. I thought that would be kind of an interesting little opportunity to go see somebody. You know, I don't know exactly what he's just doing, uh, but shoot, I go, I go check that dude out, man. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Like, it make me want to sign, like, watch other things that he did and see. Uh, but he did do that, man. God, yeah. those dudes were crazy, you, man. Yeah. Some of this. You start watching that stuff, then you're going to change your mind about going. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> nah, you know I'm gonna, shoot. Maybe I don't need Hey, to man, I might see his balls. Uh, <laughs> you know? I would guarantee you see his balls. Right, hey, you know. I think that's par for the course. Yeah, probably. Hi, Steve-O. Hi, Steve-O's balls. I mean, he did staple his nuts to his leg. Dude, I don't understand. And then uh, he, Johnny Knoxville blindfolded himself and let a bull run into him. I, that's some balls, man. Do You just have, fear nothing when you're there. <laughs> man. <laughs> but, yeah, that's about, um, that's about all I've been doing. So I, yeah, the music is mainly the yeah. main thing. Oh, my so. gosh. <laughs> Now I'm thinking about what gross stuff Steve-O did. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember more things too, but... Well, uh, just in case I haven't said it enough, this is a Proven Gamer podcast. This is PG Spoilers, the flagship podcast for Proven Gamer. It says so in the title. Um, if you could, would take a minute, consider the fact that the website has a Patreon and multiple sponsors and affiliates that we... Uh, projects and things we're, uh, we are in partnership with. If you could, go to ProvingGamer.com, check all that stuff out, click on the links, do your shopping as per usual, and a portion of what you buy gets kicked back to the site. Uh, doesn't cost you anything, doesn't bring your total up or anything like that. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Hector, you have the floor for the first review. Cool. Tell me, what did you bring? All right. So, like I said earlier, man, I think I, for me, I hit the jackpot for... In, uh, a Black Mirror-ish uh, YouTube channel, out of all things, and it's called Dust, and it's just, it's uh, it's called Dust uh, sci-fi short films, and I just it, you know they range from nine minutes to nineteen minutes. Some of them are like an hour. Uh, I'm not sure like what if those are full movies or it's just something different, but it's hundreds. And I went through probably like six or seven. And uh, I was gonna go through uh, <clears throat> the few, and man, yeah, it's 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 like Black Mirror in a lot of ways. It's talking about like futuristic societies and uh, stuff with uh, with technology and stuff. So the uh, first one that I ended up coming across, uh, it was called Corrections, and <clears throat> it starts off showing a weird uh, hallway with. Uh, it's like these doors. It's like a weird hallway with these weird doors and like a circular, uh, not like a looking glass thing, but kind of like a little screen, kind of like a circular little screen, kind of like the um, like your uh, the new AC units that kind of like stick stick out. And then it shows this girl, and it looked like she's at like a little dinner party or a little get together at a friend's house, and she's waiting in the hallway for a girl to get out the bathroom, and. After she, when she goes into the bathroom, 
uh, I'm assuming it's not her house because it looks like she steals an earring or a set of earrings from whoever's house that she's at. And then it shows her later on at the subway and she's looking at this earring that she stole. And then the next scene, it shows an alarm go off and this dude gets up and goes, walks down this hallway and stands in front of this certain door where this alarm went off and is showing the girl inside of what looks like a cell and on the screen it's also showing her somewhere else looking at this ring that she just stole so the dude puts this little node on the side of his head and now the next thing you know he is now talking to this girl because she just broke her parole she just had a parole violation because she just had petty theft something alerted that she stole he went in front of her cell synced up with her now he they're at a table when they're talking and he's pretty much telling her that she's been on parole for oh, oh, for months and she's in jail i mean she's she's in a cell going through simulation after simulation and she's failing over and over because she keeps committing a crime so he is not having this conversation with her who knows how many times and he's telling her, you've failed 600 times, you've been here six months, and you, any chance you get, if any time you're going to benefit from something, you just can't help yourself. You're going to do something. So, once again, we're about to wipe your memory. We're going to try this again. God. And then they go, they go through it again, and it's... And then, a weird, then they show... It's, so he, he is her, like, parole officer, and that's his job. He... Uh, he redoes it, and then, you know, he goes home and does his own thing, goes back into work, watches her run through the simulation. If anybody fails theirs, then he talks with them again, restarts. And uh, for some reason, the, he's having the same conversation over and over, but the girl's changing a little bit, like noticing she, her behavior is a little bit different. And she keeps trying to convince him to let her go. And she's just saying, I know you can let me go. You know, and he, it, it starts getting a little bit weird, and she's, Gets a little bit creepy-ish. And he starts seeing her. He's, they show a scene where he's on a beach with this girl. And then the next scene, he's, he's in bed. And he's, you know, she, they're about to get it on. And she tells him to close her eyes, to, to close his eyes. And she, was, uh, she just drops her, not her, she don't get completely naked, but she just gets her in a nightgown. And then she's like, open your eyes. And then when he opens it, he sees the girl that he's been working with like she kind of like appeared in his thing and it freaked him out and then the next thing you know he wakes up in his bed he was just on a beach simulator app and saw this girl and so at the end of it he lets her he's about to let her go and this screen says this is not a recommended action are you sure you want to proceed as soon as he hits that button that's when you realize it's really his simulation yeah. that he has been failing over and over and wow. over because he's breaking the law and letting her go. Wow. And that's how that one ends. Like, that's that, wild. That's crazy. Man, it's, that would suck so bad, though. That's a <laughs> corrections facility. That would be a yeah. version of a corrections facility. Then at the end of it, it backs it out. And you see it's a huge warehouse of just... Bodies just... Yeah, all in like, a, in like a small, just a, a black a black glass looking yeah. tube or a box. So, um, first I got a couple questions before you go on to the next one. Where, how did you find this? 
I it was just on it was just on my YouTube feed. I mean, it was maybe it was probably the cover art or something or the title. And I just finally clicked on it or maybe I've been noticing um a certain names or a certain channel name has been popping up a little bit more and then starting seeing short stories on that. I just finally just clicked on one. And I was like, "Oh." And, and then I, I just went down the rabbit hole. Just luckily, I mean, just lucky just going across YouTube. Dang, that's crazy. All right, how's the production value of it? It's, it ranges. It's like um, Black Mirror. It's, it's pretty much just like Black Mirror or Love, Death, and the Robots. Uh, there are a okay. few animated ones, and there's a, plenty of ones with real people. Uh, and I have seen some other, uh, like, CGI ones and cartoon ones. I haven't oh. watched any cartoons yet, but uh, I've watched one or two, uh, like, CGI ones. And, uh, yeah, man, it's a bunch, dude. That's what I'm saying. I, I literally hit the jackpot. Like, I could be bringing, like, a few of these, like, for forever. Dude, that's sweet. But, yeah, that's right up my alley. I like those mind-bending, yeah, weird. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, the second, this, this next one, uh, that one was called a Plurality. And, in the, dude, it's a, in this one, it, 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 this dude starts off by saying, you know, it, it was, like, the greatest, like, technological you know uh creation or whatever and it's called the grid it takes everything that is unique to you your social security number your passport your debit credit card and it all links it to your dna and literally everything you touch after six months of implementing this new it's in new it takes place in new york city after six months of implementing this they get they let law enforcement take it over so now, this thing is it, linked to everything in your DNA, and this network has a error margin of zero of point zero zero one percent. So this thing, you don't have to, you don't have to, you touch start your car, you touch start everything. You don't need to lock your door. Or I mean, you lock your doors by touching stuff, this and that, everything. But it it's dropped crime down. But this grid, it said it's like the ultimate uh, social network. This grid, because it is uh, in your DNA, it shows examples of like people on the subway grabbing the handle, and you see the handle light up because your, touch, your DNA is touching this part of this bus. So this network knows where everyone is because your hand touches this rail walking, it knows you are there. You bought this, you touched this screen, you did this. It's that's it's pretty crazy, and it's taken over the whole state of uh, New York. And then it shows a uh, uh, then it shows this uh this blonde chick come up from a subway, and it looks like she has one. You know, the I guess some of those rings are like a two piece ring or something. It looks like she takes off one part like for like whatever reason. Is what they call it? It's when yeah, you have like your your engagement ring. Yeah, the big one that you usually get, and then your wedding band. Of it being a separate piece that sits in front of it, they have these things called cages where it's two kind of soldered together at the bottom, and you put your engagement ring in it, and then you slide them all on. It looks like uh, okay, yeah, it was something like that. It looked like she took it off. She took it off, and then it was like somebody bumped into her, and then her hand touched the rail, and then a alert goes off, and it says plurality alert, and then. Dudes start uh, making phone calls and stuff, and then there's guys on the street that's like, we got somebody, you need to go find her. And he's not a hitman, per se, or, uh, I guess like a cop or something like that. No, and um, 
So you start trying to find this blonde girl, and there's, of course, the camera's still, like, a lot of places, and then it's a chase. Uh, it's a chase scene, and there's a moment where she gets away from them, and they lose her for a second, but naturally, like, you know how they run, a, run around a corner, and then they're hiding and leaning, leaning against the wall? Because of her hair touching that wall, Dang. and this whole entire network is gritted to everything. It now picked her right back up. It's like we got her again. And, and you know they're trying to find her again. Dude catches her. Uh, then the next scene is that they are interrogating two girls. They're both blondes. They look very similar, and they name one Alpha and one Omega, and they start interviewing them, and they're asking them these same questions. To figure out which one does not belong. And they're asking, like, uh, when was, you know, uh, when was this event? It's like, uh, you know, it was, that was like four years ago. And the other girl's like, yeah, you know, maybe three, four years ago. One's answering questions more specifically. One's being a little more general. Yeah. And then one girl's getting aggravated. It's like, why are you guys asking me these questions? It's like, are you getting engaged? She's like, when are you get when's the engage uh, when are you getting married or whatever? Three weeks. When are you getting married? A couple weeks. You know, and they keep asking these certain questions. Then they ask, You heard about that uh that uh plane crash two days ago, right? And one girl is, is like, Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, it's on the news. How you nobody know about it? Like, why you guys keep asking me these questions? They ask the other girl. Then she's like, uh I know it was recently. I, I don't remember how long ago it was. <clears throat> And then they're like, well, how do you not know about that? That's like all over the news and stuff. How do you not know? That's what, and then it says like her certain levels are spiking because she's getting nervous or whatever. That gives her away. And that reveals that she is a time traveler. She, is, she, was, she came back to try to stop the grid. Hmm. These people are trying to stop it. I mean, not, I mean of course, stop them. They're like the immigration they're kind of like a time traveler immigration police task force. And the court, she, she ends up going away. You know, she, he's like, well, have, enjoy your stay here because, you know, you're screwed pretty much. So that's how they're figuring out. Somehow the girl who belonged in this right time period had her future self come. And because there is two different mixed identities. I mean, you know, somebody's not the real person. So that's what a plurality is. Some, a, a time traveler. So the dude who was interrogating the girl the, the whole time, the main guy that's the interrogator, at the end of it, they show him saying, all right, guy, you know, it's talking to some dudes like, you know, good night, you know, the end, of the, uh, the end of the shift. And he touches a thing on the wall to, op to open up the door. And, you know, wherever it touched, you know, it showed it was red. And whoever he said goodbye to was looking at that door at us just staring at that door and wherever he touched it it turned green and the dude just kind of looked at it and walked away so then the main interrogator right after that plurality alert whatever got touched was set up as soon as that dude touched that thing his future self now appeared in this time period and that was his plurality or his future self coming yeah. to try to stop the grid Dang. now is how that one ended that's crazy. Yeah. I, I was sitting there thinking. I was. I'm hoping I'm like describing it. Like, yeah, you're, you're, enough, doing, like, you're doing good. You're doing good. Because like I was sitting there thinking as you're describing. It, like, okay, she's a clone. So this is a clone mm -hmm. story. Plurality is the clone. And then you said time traveler. I was like, whoa! I was way off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, 
which is cool. You know, yeah. it sounds freaking awesome. So it, it must have been when, it, like I said, somebody bumped into her and she touched the thing. I think at that moment, somehow there's a hack the or something where that was the opportunity it. to. Yeah. Huh. It, That's cool. I get. Uh, I mean, I got two. There's two more. I don't know how long. I mean, that's up to you, man. How do you want to review them? Are you trying to? Are you going to do them in like groups? Are you going to always do? Four well, I mean, I didn't know how long to go. I mean, I didn't. Uh, you know, I mean, I have two more. I mean, I didn't know how long. I mean, because the, well, the la- well, the one of them, I, 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 uh, the last one I did watch, I guess it's called, I guess it's called U U. It was just the letter U. Um, it made me think about. <laughs> It made me think about you in the beginning because in the beginning it shows three, you know, black screen and it has, you know, uh, back in, you know, a few sentences or whatever. The first thing that it says in the 21st century, uh, advancement in biomechanics made it possible to hu- uh, for humans to never sleep again. Oh, <laughs> okay. You gotta tell, you gotta go down. Dude, that would be amazing. People. Uh, and then it said people ceased to dream and society began to view sleep as a disease. I, I've been saying it for 34 <laughs> years. <laughs> Special response teams known as wakes were assembled to revive and incarcerate sleepers. Bro, look at this. Tell me, what's the name of that comic book? Wake. Ah! Wake. Uh, dang. <laughs> that's something like that? Or, I don't know. I or just is that either it. way? It's just it. right it's there. It's yeah. weird. I, right before we sat down to record, I took the stack of comic books that yeah. I had, and they're called The Wake, and I just stuck them in this drawer. You're like, man, this is an episode yeah. of the show. You yeah. didn't realize we were in the future and the past. Yeah. It, th- that, this one was a little bit different. Like It says that in the beginning, and then it's the... it's. I think it's in Chinese. It sounds like Chinese or Mandarin. It's, and it, this one's in subtitles. And it's like an interview of a guy asking, interviewing a woman, uh, asking her when did her hallucinations start. So she's backtracking and trying to tell a story. She was obviously a cop, like awake, uh, one of those wakes. And yeah. she finds people, they just, you know, see somebody just sleeping on the side of the road or something. They get a call that somebody's sleeping. Yep. You know, and then they wait, they're waving like a red light over their eyes, and then I guess they arrest them. But like, whenever they come across somebody, they look like they're smiling, you know, and they're dreaming. And he's asking, you know, it's this in subtitles, so he's like, uh, let me t- tell me when you think you're when you caught this disease. And one weird part was, you know, it, it says to her that, you know, she does the same thing when she's off work, she, you know, she goes swimming, and then. One day, she went to rent an intimacy room, and I, I don't know if she met a random dude or if there was a date, but it was weird that they... These people uh, look kind of like crap, too, because, go figure, they don't sleep. Yeah. Some of these people look... There's a few people, I'm like, oh, God, y'all really wanted that? But, uh, yeah, they rent an intimacy room, and it looks like they just go upstairs and they do it, but... Also shows us it, it it shows just a it don't show them actually doing it but you know the screen goes black or whatever but it also shows like a humongous screen like in the middle of Times Square showing them it's almost like it looks like they just rented a room to be able to get it on but anyone can watch it on this big screen that that was a weird part but it was <laughs> he's asking her if that's when you think you caught the the disease oh uh, so sleep is an STD. Yeah, well, no, well, no, 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 actually not. Oh my god, that would be weird too. Oh, man, uh, oh, 
sleeper is an STD. She and what didn't really say this one kind of left me a little bit confused, but it, then it showed her like afterwards she left and then she get, responded to another call, and it was the guy. She knew the guy. It was the guy who was like the the um the guy at the front desk to the intimacy room place. And, you know, he's sitting there, and she's, and, you know, he's laughing and stuff. And, of course, she wakes him up or gets him arrested. And then the next thing it shows is her talking with her friend, having di- drinks with her friend. And, dude, her friend, she looks like she hasn't slept. Like, <laughs> I mean, dark eyes, just baggy looking. I, the, the other girl, some people don't look as me, like, tired as others, yeah. but her friend just looked. She didn't even say anything. She just, just, just zoned out. But she starts questioning. She's like, why are they always smiling? Like, what if this is not as bad as it? And what if it's not really an epidemic? And then she asks, what if this was once natural? Like, oh my God, man. This is such a <laughs> weird question to even say if sleep was natural. And uh, it shows her sleep. And she finally ends up, I don't know, man. That one kind of left me uh, uh, kind of confused. Because uh, the dude in the end of it is just pretty much saying, how do we know that you're not going to, um, are, when are you going to be ready to come back to work? How do we know you're not going to fall asleep again? And she just pretty much is just saying, you know, you guys saved my life. I choose to stay awake. But then it still looks like she's dreaming. But I, I, so I was kind of confused on how that one kind of left me off, but that one, was, that one was a little bit shorter, and that's how that got left off. But hmm. interesting. So it could have been a dream the whole time. I guess. That that one was a little confusing, but it just the fact that you know, like I said, the beginning of it, I was like, oh man, that's all there right there. <laughs> yeah, it didn't say how, you know, it didn't say people take pills or a shot yeah. or nothing. It just said that. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll bring up the last one because the, the the um, this is pretty different too. Uh, the la- um, this one's called Future Boyfriend. <laughs> so it shows a guy and a girl going on a date. And the guy's being like super polite in a kind of a weird way. Like he brings up her chair. You know, he's like, uh, uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be talking, you know, I'm glad we're going on this date, miss. He calls her miss, whatever. She's like, oh, call me, you know, Claire or whatever by her name. You know, pulls up her chair. Like he pulls out the, the napkin thing, puts it on her lap and stuff like that. And then he's like, I'm putting your purse on the back of the chair. I'm like, why like is an old he person talking on the phone. Yeah, like. Okay, dude. And then he's sitting there, and then he starts talking. And it's like he just starts kind of like talking like pretty fast stuff. And then he's like sitting there cutting up her food and feeding her. Like, what are you, y'all just not mad? What are you doing? And 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 then the girl's <laughs> That's how like, all first days go. Yeah, <laughs> you don't feed your you don't feed your date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, it's spaghetti at all things too. He's cutting up spaghetti and meatballs for her, like, you know. And then she's like, you know, it's relaxed. I'm having a good time. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of like nervous. And then they show the waiter come. It looks like he's checking out the waiter. I'm like, well, you already seem like you're gay. So I'm already confused. What's going on, man? You know, and then he's like, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, because like he gives the waiter a weird look and the waiter looks like he could be gay. But then, you know, it's, it, but then he's like, I'm sorry, I'm nervous. I got I, I to come clean about something. I'm from the future. And she's like, of course, like, what? Like, I'm from the future. I came back here to be your boyfriend. And he's like, I don't understand. What do you mean? You are a resident at the nursing home that I work at in the future. 
I take care of you. And that's the reason why he yelled, I'm putting your purse behind your thing. That's why he's feeding her because he knows the old her. Oh, got it. For whatever reason, he wanted to go back and be be her boyfriend. And she's like, how did you even do this? She's like, it's an app. You know, it's a time travel app. But unfortunately, it only works. It's only a one-way trip. And and then he uh, he's like, I can show you the app. And then he has what it looks like a regular watch, but he takes out like the centerpiece of it and drops a little thing on the table. And they're in the middle of a, a restaurant. Nobody notices any of this stuff that's going on. Yeah. But when he drops this, a big circular hologram pops up and the lights around him dim when he, whenever he does that. He pops up this hologram and is showing all these apps floating around. And then he shows her footage of her, him feeding her and... Uh, Doing whatever you're supposed to do with, you know, old people like doing, you know, feeding her or doing the, yeah, and the blowing out the uh, birthday cake and stuff. And she's like, who are you? Like forgetting who she is. And she, and she's just, what, you know, finally kind of convinced. And she's like, so you mean to tell me I end up in a nursing home? He's like, yeah, I'm alone in a nursing home. He's like, yeah. And she's like, what about my, my photography career? He's like, it was just a hobby. You didn't do anything. You just became a general at a hotel, you know, and then you became single and you're at a minute. He's like, what about our kids? And then she's like, you didn't have any. Like, maybe we can change that this time around. And then she's like, this doesn't, you know, of course she's just dumbfounded. She's like, well, this doesn't make sense. Like, I, I, even if this could work, like, I don't, I mean, you know everything about me. This is weird. Like, I don't even know none of your... I wouldn't even know none of your friends or your parents. He's like, well, actually, my grandma, she's only a couple years younger than you, and she works right around the corner. She's like, I'm older than your grandma? <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, she's like, I can't take it. She's like, I'm, I'm I gotta go. Like, and she walks off. And, uh... Then, um... So, the dude, you know, then he pulls up his, uh... Yeah, the, uh, the waiter comes back. Then you realize, before I skipped a step, but he then realized the reason why he was looking at the waiter the way that he was. He's like, that's who he is. He is going to be the next cypunk rock star in the future. That's him. He just doesn't know it yet. Because, yeah. you know, and so it wasn't really like he was checking him out, but it made it seem that way. Right. And, and, uh, and then also, too, they made the, the waiter look like he could be gay, but then when he finally spoke, he just had a deep voice and it yeah. could have looked like it could have been a little feminine but so she leaves and you know he's sitting there by himself and he's um pulls up the hologram thing again and then he starts he's just scrolling through uh videos just looking at old videos again and he and one of his friends pops up and he's like oh man the date didn't go so good and he's like nah man she left and he's like man you know i'm sorry about that i'm not good at these moments and then he just he just he just closes the thing he's like sucks for you man you just went time traveling and it didn't work <laughs> out later <laughs> you know and then he's watching videos of her uh, of him and her when she's uh, old and then he's uh i think it was the, the blowing out the candles or something and she's like who are you and then it shows her and she's like where's my purse and it's a hologram, so it's see-through. And as her old self said, where's my purse? She comes back in. She's like, where's my purse? Because he put it on the back of the seat. And she gets in, and then she looks at him again, and she's like, all right, so you mean to tell me that you came back here to date me, and it's possible that I could change that future? 
He's like, yeah. He's like, it's so pretty much just try to make this work and you need to forget about the future that you know we're going to create our own future yeah. because you know and uh pretty much they agree on that and then they're leaving and like the last thing to do say he's like just one thing though can you take a little bit better care of your teeth this time around because they were really bad when you were this old she's like i, I don't want to hear it and then that's just how it ends it but i thought that yeah. one was like a it's just unique, man. I've yeah. never. I never. It's original to me, man. I like stuff like that. So, and going with our PG tradition, on the episodes that you watch, where are you dropping that score? The Dookie score. I might have to drop it on the ten. Really? Is, yeah. is that good? Dang. Yeah, for me, because it's like right up my alley, man. With anything yeah. Black Mirror or just thought provoking or just different uh, yeah. futuristic, you know, especially with the technology, man. Because I'm just so open to just being aware, like. That could be possible. I don't know what to expect yeah. if this is going well, if this think, way. If people are thinking about this kind of stuff to make shows about it, then they're people are also oh, thinking about it. Dude, that trying was the, to create it. That was the thing. Like the, with the second one with the DNA, I was like, dude, this is a good show. Man, don't give nobody that idea. <laughs> God, <laughs> somebody's gonna go for that. Paranoid. Yeah, so, that's but, awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I came across that. Yeah, and it's I got plenty. I guess I'm giving it a ten too because it's just so much new content. Yeah. I'd love stuff like that. Hey, man, well, if it if it clicks all the boxes for you, you know what I'm saying, that's, I'd never heard of it. I probably would never even found it, but now. And I it's want, on YouTube. Yeah, so I I, it. it's not, Um, I'm guessing it's it's not, it's clean. Yeah. You know. It can't be too raunchy. Cause yeah, because it's on, uh, yeah, yeah, YouTube. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm going to check that out. What was it called again? Dust. Dust. Yeah. Just Dust. It's a YouTube awesome. channel called Dust. Very cool. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was the handful of the ones that I, uh, that I've watched so far. All right, Hector, you did not know that what I was going to pick tonight was going to be so similar to the shows that you had talked about. Oh. So, I know on the show in the past, I've kind of hopped around and done different comic book stories, and I've tried to be diverse, and I've tried to pick things that I think are really cool and different than your standard run-the-mill comic book story. So... This particular book that I brought for tonight's review is the first part of a three-part series, our first book of a three-part series, called Batman Last Night on Earth. Written by Scott Snyder, uh, illustrated by uh, Greg Capullo. These, this is kind of like my team, you know? When I'm thinking about like getting back into comic books, there's uh, a team of artist-writer combo that I've just really fallen in love with. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. Like, is it always there's a writer and an artist, or the artist is the writer sometimes? Some, or sometimes still the artist is the writer. Uh, like, there's a book that came out this past week um, called uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight, written and uh, illustrated by a guy named Sean Murphy. Mm. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull this uh, drawer back open. Crazy coincidence. Written by not, Scott Snyder, dang. illustrated by Sean Murphy. Dang. Um, two people I'm just now talking about. But uh, so Scott Snyder is my is currently my favorite writer in comic books. Everything he touches, I really uh, gravitate to. Everything he's done with Batman, Justice League, stuff like that has been fantastic. Um, I've got like I said some of his independent and Vertigo stuff. I read uh, American Vampires. That was another uh, series that he wrote. And they're good. Like he, I like the way he 
tell stories. I like his um, his deranged take on things. Mm. Um, so what I'm going to be doing on this show is covering a whole lot of Scott Snyder material. Um, and I'm going to do more series run-through stuff. But like, you know, for our roundtable review stuff, I kind of want to just... I don't want to bore everybody and like these are my favorite things that I enjoy consuming. Yeah. So I'm just going to constantly talk about what I like. But in the same respect, it's like like last time I did Batman. I mean, I did uh, Blade and Wolverine. Yeah. Um. This time I'm going to do Batman: Last Night on Earth. So, uh, it's a it's a decent read. It's a lot of pages. So I'm going to kind of fly through it and just give you the gist of it. Um. So that that's uh the Sean Murphy. Um. Curse of the White Knight. That's the uh, oh, oh, okay. So for the listeners, I just showed him a, a picture of it. But anyways, so I'm gonna be clicking through as uh, as we're going, and basically I'm gonna pull up the page view instead of the individual panels. But basically, the book starts off with Batman going through the streets of Gotham, and you keep seeing these white chalk lines, and essentially over the course of time. Batman has found these chalk lines drawn all through Gotham City. And as uh, par for the course for the world's greatest detective, he put it all together, and it's a giant bat logo. If you take all of these screens as he's putting them together, it's a giant, or I say bat logo, it's an outline of Batman. Mm. Um, so you see his cape and you see his feet and stuff. It's yeah. an outline of him drawn across the entire city. And right where the heart is at is uh, Crime Alley. And Crime Alley is where his parents were murdered uh. when he was a child, setting him onto the course of becoming Batman. So what he's done is he's seen all of these crime scenes, and he put it all together on his computer. Boom, there's an outline of his body, him as Batman. And then the heart is Crime Alley. So he shows up to the place where his parents died, and he sees a little boy kneel down. Uh, in the rain. And as he approaches the little boy and moves the umbrella, oh. it's a decomposed zombie dead body. Or so it seems. Uh, and about that time, a set of gears is operating basically a the, his hand, his arm is what it looks like. So he moves the umbrella, it, it, he touches the boy, it kicks starts this whole thing to where this boy this body lifts up a gun it's got like some sort of thing over the trigger it pulls and shoots batman in crime alley where his parents Dang. were killed about that time bruce wayne batman wakes up in arkham asylum he uh. is tied to a bed and the basically the person standing over him, the orderly, looks like the Joker. Yeah. Alright, so from here it kind of just... Oh, he, that looks he, creepy. Yeah. He learns he's an Arkham, and he, the orderly is the is the Joker. By the time Alfred comes in and is talking to him, he's like, Alfred, get me out of here. What's going on? And he's just like, oh, you know, Bruce. Basically what you find out is that you... Uh, killed your parents um, and you've been committed. That's kind of what he, what he says. Uh, it says, 
you know, you, you don't really want to know what's going on. We, it's, it's, he's like, no one blames you, Bruce. You know, we forgive you, blah, blah, blah. Almost like a 51st date scenario. Uh. Like, like Alfred comes in and reassures him every time he wakes up from one of his weird delusional dreams that the reason why you're here is because you killed your own parents. Dang. And so what he does, is he pulls behind this curtain and then every single person working in the hospital, in the, the Arkham, uh, is very reminiscent of one of the villains. He's yeah. you got someone who looks like Harley Quinn. You got someone who looks like Solomon Grundy. You got somebody who looks like the penguin and all of them. Basically what in a nutshell, what, uh, Alfred says is that your pa- you killed your parents. You're crazy. You've been committed. And every day you wake up in this delusion that you're a crime fighter and you basically assault the people who work for Arkham Asylum. Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, this whole Batman thing is in your head. Yeah. So, later on it shows, uh, they sedated him because he was freaking out and he's been, like I say, he was strapped to a, to a gurney. So, like, he's, he wakes up in his padded cell and he starts digging through into the wall. And he's like, come on, come on, it's got to be here, it's got to be here. And what he does, in a hole in the pad, he pulls out a penny and the dinosaur. Now, you, not having a big background in comics... That dinosaur but, again. Yeah, yeah. And you've seen that in the other things. These are crucial um, pieces of like the Batman mythos, like things he's overcome throughout the years. He almost keeps like trophies in the Batcave. Of some of the crazier things he's he's gone through. Dang. So essentially, the setup right here is that Bruce Wayne woke up, committed crazy, uh, assaults all the orderlies, thinking and the staff for the hospital, thinking that they're villains in this made-up scenario of him as Batman. And then the penny and the dinosaur and all of the Batcave trinkets are actually just things he keeps hidden in um, his cell. So. Basically, he starts freaking out. He's beating himself up against this pad of wall, and he starts biting the pads, and he's Dang. like tearing through it. So it fast forwards later on, it's him having a conversation with uh with Alfred, and it's like Alfred, I'm not crazy. Like this is not made up. This is not in my head. And so Alfred presents him with what he thinks is his bat suit, uh, and it's a straight jacket with like a makeshift cowl. Uh, and he says, basically, son. This is what you do. You made this crazy outfit out of your straight jacket. You run around here and you beat people up and you have these delusions of grandeur where you are a superhero. So he sits back, he's looking at it and essentially, um, you know, essentially Alfred gives it to him. He's like, you know, this is, this is just you. you Dang. Know? And he's trying to reassure him that he's, that he's, clicking over it says less than five minutes he's made it to the third floor so we don't know if this happens immediately after that conversation or this is just like the next freak out he has but essentially what you see is Bruce Wayne beating up police officers beating up the orderlies and making his way through Arkham Asylum (laughs) through the hospital whatever Um, and he's wearing the straight jacket with the makeshift cowl out of belt buckets and stuff, which I got to say, it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, essentially he makes it all the way to the rooftop and, uh, Alfred's there. You know what I'm saying? The orderlies are there. 
Everybody's there, and they're getting ready to shock him and tase him. <laughs> and you know, he, Alfred's like, let me talk to him. And so he's saying, hey, Alfred, I got to go. And Alfred's like, you don't want to go out there. There's nothing left for you. Uh, and he's like, what do you mean there's nothing? And he's like, there's no Gotham. There's no world. There's nothing. It's all gone. And so Batman says, Bruce Wayne says, so I failed. How? What happened? And you're like, this conversation's kind of taking a, taking a turn. So then ah. <laughs> he's like, let me see your face. Let me see you. And Alfred, hit, he, he has like some sort of facial like, like changer on it. Like it like changes, you know what I'm it's saying? Almost like the, the underpinnings of the underwirings of a, of a hologramish right. type ba- of a... Basically what he was doing was like, he was projecting an image of himself on his own face to look younger. Mm. And he's like, how did you know? And Bruce Wayne was like, I could hear your heartbeat. It was weaker and older sounding than what I was used to. Dang. Yeah. It, it, so basically what he says is, look, I can't hide this from you anymore. Basically what we've done is the world is no longer like I took the last of the Wayne wealth. Okay. And I purchased the Arkham Asylum and set up almost like a simulation for you to live in where we convinced you that you were crazy, that Batman wasn't real. It was all delusions. And I've been masking my own face to make you think that we are all, that everything is much younger in life than it really is. Uh, because if you leave here, you'll, it's going to break your heart because, you know, he keeps saying that there's nothing for you there. So ultimately he's like, I got to go. I got to be Batman. I got to see what's going on. And he's like, well, just let me just hold you once more, my boy. And so one thing I want to kind of double down on real quick is the fact that in a lot of the books I've been reading lately, all of the writers have kind of like rallied around this idea that Alfred and Bruce Wayne's relationship is much more than just, I work for you as your family's butler. A lot of the angles in the books have been saying, like, not only am I your family's butler, but, like, I am your surrogate father. Yeah, Yeah, because your father died when you were younger, and I've raised you. And it's just, the way they've highlighted their relationship is so good. It's just so good. It's never been done in the movies. The, The relationship they have in the movies is very comical. And then... In the latter movies, it's been tragic. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the comics, it's been, like, I have seen you through your worst, and I've helped you become this masked vigilante, and I've assisted you in doing all this stuff because I want what's best for you. And what you're basically seeing right now is I, Alfred, created a place that was almost like a living simulation yeah, and it was he thought it was better to keep Bruce Wayne believing he was crazy than it was to let him go out and see whatever it is that's out there. Here's where things get a little weird. The next scene you see is Bruce Wayne in the straitjacket bat cowl, climbing to the surface of what looks like a sandy desert. So what you got to believe is that this Arkham facility is actually underground. Mm. You know, so it's almost like how, uh. how much of what was going on was actually people. How much of it was, you know, like that's what's like 
a little bit left to the imagination. Yeah. Are all the people in there wearing some sort of masking technology so that he can't tell who they are? Yeah. Because if Alfred's doing it to make himself look 20 years younger, then maybe the orderlies are just regular people or robots or not even existing. Who even knows? But I I do think it was pretty cool that Batman's like, no, 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 no. I can hear your heartbeat. Whenever we, whenever we hug, yeah. I knew, or whenever you know we make physical contact, I wasn't just reaching out because I needed comfort. It was like, no, 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 no. I know I'm, that, so, like you say, yeah. he always has like a plan. Always like some, got a plan. Some, yeah. That's what makes his character so good because just when you think you got him bested, yeah, there's this other layer of thinking that it's like I would have never thought of that. But here we are. So then Batman, he climbs to the top of this dune, the sand dune, and then he walks to what looks like is a lantern hanging on a post in the middle of the desert. He blows it off, and there's the Joker's head. Yeah. Then the head comes to. Oh. And has a conversation with Batman. And I'm going to skip a lot of this panel-by-panel panel dialogue, but it's something I wanted to get skipped to. Essentially, he tells Batman that something crazy happened, and I think somewhere you get a little... I don't know if it's said in the dialogue here, if you find it later in the book, but it's been about 10 years where the Joker has had been decapitated and his head put in this lantern, and this lantern was apparently mounted somewhere over the facility that Bruce Wayne has been, been kept. All right? Ah. So then he basically says, hey, I need to find out what's going on, what happened. And Joker's like, take me with you, you know? And then he, say, he threw out some sort of conversation. He, you see sideways lightning going in what they refer to in the DC universe as the Speed Force. And the Speed Force, and this is getting into the deep, weird stuff. But essentially, all of the, the Flash-type characters can run so fast they can break into a layer between dimensions called the speed force uh, and they can almost vibrate their body to be in sync with the tone of another universe. universe yeah. And that's the way the multiverse works. And that's how they operate in between getting to them. And like, that's how flash can go back in time is that what he's learned is as he's learned to vibrate his body so quickly, he can almost jump in and out of time and in and out of dimensions and universes. <clears throat> and so what we're seeing is the setup for, this is a, po- is a dystopian type world, post-apocalyptic, something crazy has happened. There's nothing or nobody left. Batman's been in this weird makeshift asylum. The Joker's decapitated, but yet his head is still alive and talking inside this urn, this, this lantern-looking thing. And then you're seeing crazy lightning that's saying that there's something to do with the speed force. So there's a lot of layers to this onion right now. But what I think is hilarious is Joker convinces Batman to take him with him. And he says, look at us <laughs> just like old times, yeah. Batman and Noggin. Instead oh, of Batman now and Robin. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I read it. I was like, Noggin. Instead oh, of now I got it. <laughs> so what's really funny is like going back to like God of War, you remember how Kratos carries, uh, Mimir's head on his oh, belt. Oh, yeah. And Mimir commentates and talks about things. Yeah. You basically have that same setup. Joker and Batman. Z- but Joker and Batman, or as Joker says, Batman and Noggin. 
which I thought was hilarious. Like, that made me laugh audibly. That was really funny. So, uh, so basically our setup at this point is Batman and Noggin <laughs> walking through the desert. And I'm waiting on the page to load as I go through this. Let me make sure we got it right. All right, so then the, the story picks up. So it's a two days journey to Coast City. All right? Coast City is like, uh, you have like Metropolis, Gotham, Coast City, Star City. Each one of these cities is where a certain um, superhero resides. I believe Coast City um, is like uh, Green Arrow. That's right. Star City is the Flash. Metropolis, Superman, Gotham, Batman. Oh. Coast City is, I could be wrong. Either way. Again, not worth a Google. So uh, if someone's listening and they're raging because I'm wrong, then they can write in the show, correct us, and then we have some dialogue. So basically, <laughs> what we see is this giant crater with a giant um, Green Lantern logoed planet or s- something of that sort just crashed down into the middle of it. And essentially, the setup we have right now is there is a person or a being responsible for orchestrating when a Green Lantern dies that the, that the ring finds a body, right? Someone who has the qualities that the Green Lantern requires to become that hero, right? This person is dead. And so, essentially, the Green, um, the green Arrow rings yeah. started crashing down to Earth. And people just started picking them up. And the way that the Green Lantern process works is the, the ring and the person, there's a person who's responsible, like their goal in the universe is to designate where these rings go. So basically it's uh, the, green, the, the ring will find you and the ring will say, Hector, you have um, uh, shown the power of great will, that you have the power to overcome fear and your will is so strong you can create constructs with the power of the ring. What's happening here is that the rings, the Green Lantern Corps has been destroyed. The guy responsible for finding the new stuff is dead. So the rings have crashed down to Earth blowing up chunks of Earth, obviously decimating it. And then random people picked up the rings and put them on. So the constructs and the things that were created were so much more powerful than what their willpower could control. So essentially these things are walking around carrying, dragging the bodies of the people. And I feel like we've talked about that like briefly on the show before. Like I had mentioned that I was reading it, I was looking at it, or maybe... I told you guys off air. But essentially, the earth is, or this this particular city, is just kind of like covered with these giant green baby things, constructs, with with bodies just being drugged behind them that look almost like zombies. Yeah, it took me, it it took me, Probably two minutes of staring at that dude. Yeah. I'm like, why is it? It looks like a zombie. But then yeah. I realized his ham. Yeah, he's like, stuck. It's just the thing. Yeah, the, and the then thingness. realizing that he was kind of hanging. I was like, why is that dude just kind of like yeah. doing a thriller move or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it's because this giant thing. And if you think about it, it's so like the way the Green Lantern works is he 
thinks about something or wills a weapon or a object into existence and through the power of the ring can create it. So in the, the Green Lantern movie that most people don't enjoy, he creates a giant minigun, you know what I'm saying, and shoots it. Or yeah. he brings like a giant... Big old hammer wall, or something. Or right hammer or something, yeah. And this, the people's willpower and their minds were so weak, these giant babies just grew out of the um, out of the ring and it just slinging and dragging the bodies around. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Dang. So then, oh. Batman's juking, dodging, fighting some of these constructs or whatever, and then essentially backup arrives. And, the, and it with using the power of invisible cloaking technology, these tanks roll up and it's other heroes and they snatch Batman and the head of the Joker and pull them in. So what it looks like you have is Vixen and Poison Ivy and they're, she's like, you know, they're basically like, hey, why are you wearing that, that, that suit, that, that cowl? Why are you dressed like Batman? And he's like, because like, I am. Hmm. And he's like, tell, and he's like, Pamela, which is uh, Poison Ivy's name. It's like, tell him. Tell him who I am. And she uses a vine to smack him and knock him out. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> so then, as the story progresses, Batman wakes up. I mean, what looks like to be some sort of cave system with a lot of crystals around it. You see uh, Supergirl with her outfit kind of tattered and torn. Um, Vixen, you have uh, uh, Poison Ivy, and then I'm assuming one is like a Black Canary. Um. And then a very, uh, very uh, butch That's looking Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman with like a really weird uh, like a mo- mohawk and mohawk and her head shaved and it's kind of weird like so she's pretty um not, she's pretty ripped looking yeah <laughs> she's for, very muscular uh, that's a that's a unique but, I mean, version not, of not a Wonder that, Woman not that Wonder Woman's not usually uh muscular but this is a very um. Very muscular Wonder Woman. I think she a, might have taken a few shots. She did. She's uh, taking some. She's on the juice. But basically, Wonder Woman introduces herself, and she's wearing Doctor Fate's helmet. Now that is a huge deal in the DC lore because Doctor Fate. Oh, oh, I see that. I was, I was too busy yeah. looking at that one. I yeah. didn't realize she took the uh, that she had that on. Doctor Fate. He, now that 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 might actually not be Black Canary. It's got the the star over her eyes. I'm drawing a blank on her name right now. But again, doesn't matter. Um, but Doctor Fate, the way he works and operates is very much like Doctor Strange in the Marvel Universe. So he can kind of go in and out of the dimensions and stuff too. And he possesses this weird power to where like, if you're crucial to the story, essentially, he can kind of come in, wisp you away to a place that's off planet, but also off the grid where people can't track you. I actually like that one. I did, I did see Doctor Strange. That's a really good one. I, I like that one okay, a lot. So, so if you're familiar with Doctor Strange, yeah. Doctor Fate is the DC version of that, you know? Oh, okay. And, you know, it's, he doesn't operate quite the same, but you understand, like, how they had that, that their, their Doctor Strange headquarters, essentially. Mm-hmm. Doctor Fate creates places like that, too. So, that being said, he's apparently dead, and there's no power left in the helmet from what... Um, uh, Wonder Woman describes. So she takes the helmet off and she's talking with this Bruce Wayne. And she's like, basically like, you know, what, what are you doing? How, why are you here? How are you here? And he's kind of asking her what's going on. Um, so they're underground and they're talking about how like the world fell essentially. Um, 
So, yeah, it's a it's a lot. This is this is a kind of a dense section. So basically, in a nutshell, uh, evil power has arisen and has kind of taken over. The people turned on the heroes. Um, and at some point in time, Batman created a machine that would remove his or copy his consciousness. Okay, uh. so that he could. In, like put that in a new body. Yeah. And then that way every generation would have their Batman. And now that's a callback to oh. something that happened in, you know what I'm saying? What some of the Batman stories years and years ago. Yeah. Also written by Scott Snyder stuff. Um, but like it says that like this, this new bad guy is called Omega. Right. And so, it doesn't tell you who Omega is yet, um, but it just says that, like, you know, Superman tried to fight against it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all tried to fight. We all fell. Um, uh, Luthor, Lex Luthor, had kind of, like, rallied up everyone to turn on the heroes, and he thought he won until the people turned on him as well mm. and on his villains. And so there's this ongoing theme where it seemed like the idea was like, hey, you want to turn on, you know, you want to how to overthrow the superheroes? Let's all be villains. Oh, okay. So, kind of. Yeah. Thing. So, anyways, so essentially, as Wonder Woman was trying to catch Bruce Wayne up on everything, and where we're at in the story is that this is not the original Bruce Wayne. This is a much younger Bruce Wayne, and that part of what Alfred was doing was keeping him unconscious. You know, like keeping him sedated, like allowing his, I guess, body to mature or his, it says in there that he woke up two years too early. Mm. So some, that whole sim, underground simulation thing was set up Yeah. to basically allow his consciousness to set into the new body or the new body to grow enough to oh. where he could be the next generation's Batman. Oh, so that all right. So that's the newer. That's his new body. That's his new body because he, okay. he mentions in there that he feels young and like you get think Batman like proper or Batman Prime, if you will. He is going to be broken and beat up and he's scarred up and he's like you know in the in the Batman continuity, Bane broke his back. Oh yeah, so he's already had his back broken once and like uh, I think twice actually now. I think Bane actually breaks his back twice. <laughs> Two different Bang. times in the timeline. But either way, yeah, I think our Bruce Wayne is older and broken down and has just been through the ringer. Yeah, I think because he's just a man. So this is a much younger version. And again, they, they, she tells the story about the, how, the whole machine that he had built so that he could continue Batman forever. So she opens up a box and she shows him the Batman cape and cowl they've been saving. So it's, obviously they've been hoping that this was going to happen. He was going to come back. But the plan moving forward is to grab the last remaining people that they have in this cave system and take them deeper into the center of the earth. So whatever is up there, whatever this Omega character is and whatever caused the earth to become where it's at now is still a threat. And yeah. they're, they're, the, the resistance, if you will, is hiding underground. And this new age, this new version of Batman has finally woken up. 
And you don't forget, still got the Joker. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I did forget about him. <laughs> he's he's still in there, which is wild. And we they haven't explained yet how this works. So you, you we're, we're juggling a lot of things here. Um, Batman is. They lead you to believe that Batman is dead, which is why we would need the new consciousness taken in to put it in the new. Yeah. Batman. All right, Alfred is very very old. And has living underground in this Arkham Asylum type simulation setup, whether it's real people or it's all done by a computer or what, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, it, he got uh, this new Bruce Wayne woke up two years too soon. He climbs to the surface to find Joker's head in a lantern. Joker's is still alive, still talking to him. Uh, so whatever this lantern is is keeping it alive. And what I mean by lantern, when I'm for the audio listeners, is not like like a Green Lantern, because we talk about those too. It's an actual like old school globe. <laughs> yeah. Lantern. Wonder Woman and the last remaining uh, meta humans and regular humans, the the heroes and regular people, are living underground in a cave system, and they had Batman's cape and cowl. She shows it to him. It's in a box. Batman, at some point in time, goes, gets it, and puts it on. And she's like, well, people are not going to like this for whatever reason. Her plan is to take the last remaining people to the center of the Earth, far away from the surface as possible. Batman puts on the cape and cowl, grabs uh, the Joker head, and the last panel is like a silhouette. Of him holding the Joker's head, which yeah. is so funny. And then the last page says, uh, in quotation marks, on la- one last adventure together. So, oh, we... that? That? That's Bane? That is a preview of the next issue that comes out next, next week. Dang. And it's Bane with what looks like the Scarecrow attached to his back. Oh. So that's what we get to look forward to in the next issue. Oh, dang. Yeah. So, again, a lot of stuff to kind of like, so a lot of a lot of stuff to kind of unpack on this. Um, overall, the art is very good. I like the way it looks. It's not so. It's not photorealistic like the Batman Damn stuff is like really, really like realistic. Yeah. Looking. Um, this is not super cartoony. Like Greg Capullo has a very specific art style that I really enjoy, and it really does marry the dark and twisted storytelling of Scott Snyder. Um, you know, we're, <laughs> it's weird. I never was a big multiverse, um, fan. Like I didn't like the idea of multiple universes and like I'm, overall, when it comes to stuff, I'm not a huge sci-fi. F- uh, excuse me. It's not sci-fi. I'm not a huge time travel fan because it's so hard to really explain because it's just, you know, yeah. it's like hard to wrap your mind around. And then, the idea of like simulations and the matrix and stuff like that. Like these are all things that like where you love that stuff. Yeah. It is mildly interesting to me, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I can't really wrap my brain around how a lot of this stuff works, you know? So for me, it's like, I don't tend to gravitate to storytelling like that. Yeah. But if you can take those things and add a bit of a horror twist to it. Yeah. Then I get sold. Yeah. And from the imagery that's in this book, the storytelling and everything, it to me it takes a lot of those things that I'm not necessarily love and then puts them all together. So like Stranger Things. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's you know, it's and even like that dust, the thing you were talking about earlier, I was like, man, that stuff sounds when you say it, it sounds really cool. Um, but it's one of those things to where I, like I said before, I might not have never found that on my own. Yeah. Just so if I read a description of it, I'm like, ah, time travel, eh, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Uh, clones, eh, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah. And again, if I would have just read about this story, not knowing anything about the artist's previous work or the writer's previous work, I might not have been, you know, I might have been like, oh, Joker's head and lantern, that sounds kind of weird. New yeah. Batman consciousness machine, that sounds kind of weird. It, it, it's it, the thing I've been, you know, like I said, since I've been, you know, I forgot comics were still a thing like, I, I i like that it's interesting to see so many da- so many yeah. different versions of the joker yeah. and how creepy can each person oh, kind of make them look yeah. and then just yeah the whole mixture of it so and, and that's why i chose this one because i read this book yeah and i was like man this is neat so my theory is that batman isn't necessarily dead batman is omega like I know that's a lot to extrapolate from a brief overview of the book, but like just my personal opinion after reading it and like going through everything, I'm thinking that the reason why no one wanted to see him wearing the cowl and that the fact that Diana showed it to him and said, you probably shouldn't be wearing that is because somewhere down the line, either people are bitter and hateful that Batman didn't save them to begin with, or in fact, in the rise of supervillains, Batman did something so absurd, you know what I'm saying, like a last-ditch effort to save them that actually cost them humanity as they knew it. So I don't know. We'll see. That's just me thinking out loud. Uh, what The reason why I chose to do this issue this week is because next week, this second issue comes out. Oh, okay. It's a three-part series, and they come out every month or every other month. So it's going to be a little while before we get the conclusion. But I'm super excited about it. And I was like, man, you know, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to bring. I'm like, I'm really digging this. Yeah. And I'm reading through it again this weekend because next, week, next week it comes out. So uh, on ne- New Comic Book Wednesday, I will pick up the next issue. And the cover is this. Yeah, so, that, 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 that looks cool. crazy. Very cool. So that being said, on the Dookie scale of a 1 to 10 Dookies, I'm going to give it a 9. Uh, it's, I really, really like it. It's not perfect because it's not finished. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's one of those things to where, and this is how Scott Snyder writes, gives you a lot to chew on and then a lot of setup and a lot of questions. So, so if this ends the way that his normal work ends, this will end with a 10. Um, I didn't. You know, it's it's great. Like like at first, I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be a." I read the preview for this in a different book several months ago. So I'm like, "Man, this is gonna be awesome." What if they tell a whole story where Batman's not really Batman? He's just some crazy person and the thing. And all of his Batman adventures are just things he conjured up. up. And it started to tell a story like that. I'm like, "Man, this is really interesting." And then he's like, "Show me your face." I I uh, and he's like I figured out this was all bull a ruse because your heart and I was like whoa that, then, yeah that is yeah that, and then he's like I gotta go and then so you're like okay where does that mean you know what you gotta go you gotta go back to the streets of Gotham and find out and like, no 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 when you got to the got outside there was literally nothing left yeah and already like 
covered up. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. like being in the middle of a desert. Yeah. So it really. So no buildings, no structures or nothing right. at all. So it really jumped. It was like, whoa, this was like. Or at least no. there. there. There was shitty st- city structures yeah, in the, um, other areas. But right? like, you know, like all of these big cities are kind of like around each other. So when they say it was a two-day walk, you know, mm. that's really not a huge distance. So, and you're talking about all these cities kind of being around each other. So you're yeah. thinking you're somewhere in the northeast of the United States. So that's still all really busy. Even the most rural areas of there are still really busy up there. So um, I would imagine that if it's desert up there, that means that something catastrophic took place across the entire world. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, you know, everyone hiding out underground in this crystal cave and going to the center of the earth because whatever is coming after them is going to be, you know, and then of, of course the green lanterns being dead and it's almost like a meteor shower of rings hitting the earth <clears throat> and then average people picking them up. It's a, I mean, that's a lot. That's a, a yeah. That, I mean, that's all <laughs> a, a bunch of catastrophe. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you could do an entire series run like in, uh, end of the world post apocalyptic disasters off each one of those yeah. things. And give, yet here give we give human superpowers, yeah, we'll wipe ourselves out quick. <laughs> yes, that's essentially <laughs> what happened there. So um and then the fact that the bodies were being drugged around these giant like monstrosities. It was just Yeah, big cool. green babies. Big green babies. Fangs. So. That being said, <laughs> I give it a big old fat nine. I'm super excited about next week. Uh, I am, you know, I don't know what else to say about it other than it's just, I really enjoyed it. It was a good read. It was dense. It was a lot to it. And I don't know that it should be anyone's first comic book. You know, like it, mm. it takes, it really does leverage this idea that if you're buying this particular book from these artists in this black label of um, the DC Comics you know, you, you're you're buying it, and this and is what you, you get. Under, like, yeah, you need to understand some stuff. This, this ain't baby's first Batman Batman book. Oh, okay, so there's some stuff that you got to understand. Because, like, it, it, honestly, if I would have picked this up and it's like, okay, what's going on in the world of Batman these days? And uh, then read this, I'm like, what the freak? You know? Yeah. Like, and there's so many callbacks to, like, the even just the logo on the suit, the particular Batman suit that was in the briefcase that Wonder Woman had was a callback to the suit that Batman wore when Scott Snyder was writing Batman years ago. Okay. You know, the consciousness machine was one of the last things that Scott Snyder put in his Batman run. And it was something that Batman was working on. Mm. You know, I don't even think it was completed back then. I think it was just like a, somewhere down the line, he was like, this is the thing I'm doing. So. That was, that that one was pretty crazy. Yeah, it did, obviously did go a little bit deeper. I, I I like the last, or, or yeah, I think it was the last one. I do like how the Joker, his eyes and his teeth, and yeah, hit Batman's yeah. eyes was all lit up. And of course, the Joker being the Joker, like he's a head in a in a freaking lantern. But yeah, and then we gotta figure out what that's all about. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna do this over the course of two more issues, like two more, like they're thicker than normal books, yeah, you know, normal comics, but they're not like novels. So we're going to have to cover a lot of ground really quickly. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited to see how they do it. So, And I, I have complete faith in it. It's going to be a home run. Uh, so far, everything I've read from Scott Snyder has been fantastic. And, you know, of course, I've got uh, 
Greg Capullo's uh, some of the Batman action figures that they've done based off of his characters. I have. Oh, okay. In yeah. the box downstairs in the basement. So I'm a. Uh, uh, it was at first I wasn't like it wasn't love. You know what I'm saying? Like I looked at it, and I'm like that's. It's just a very distinct way he draws Batman. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know that I love that, but it was like one of those GameStop exclusives, Greg Capullo, Batman. I was like, every time I went in there, I saw it, I was like, uh, I need this. Yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. this. So I have it, and I got it in the box on display, so it's just one of those, it's one of those things now where, you know, I bought that years ago, and now I have it, and I'm just like, man, I'm really glad that I, <laughs> yeah. I bought this. So anyway, like I said, uh, that's what I brought to the table tonight. And if I was a betting man, I'd say next week is going to be the continuation of this. Yeah. And then in a month we'll get the conclusion, which I don't, that's one of the reasons why I haven't like, I haven't brought too many single issue, um, or excuse me. I've been trying to do like one shots or like big, you know, like big event stuff or you know, like Batman damned. I did the first volume. I'm going to do the second and the third volume now that the third one's out. Um, last night on Earth would be the same thing. That's why I did the Batman, or excuse me, I, I do that every time, Blade and Wolverine book, because that was like a one-off thing. And like the Batman Who Laughs, as much as I'd love to do a one-off thing, I probably need to just do, you know, like coverage of each issue and then just kind of put it all together. I don't know. I, yeah. I want to, I guess I need some feedback from the listeners to see how they prefer this stuff done, because I want to can continue to bring stuff like this to the table when we're not doing something that we're all talking about together. Yeah. Um, because it's different and no one, uh, you guys aren't out going and finding this stuff in the same way. I didn't go find something like dust. So it's for me, it's very interesting for all of us to bring something cool to the table Yeah, in hopes that the listeners have not already discovered this stuff either. And that it interests them. So if you listen to the show, we greatly appreciate it. Give us some feedback. Uh, go to the Facebook groups. That's the quickest, fastest, most efficient way to get in touch with us. Uh, go to Facebook. Go to the, the group search bar. Type in PG Spoilers. You can talk to us there. Uh, or you can go to the Loot Bros Podcast, which is another group that we, uh, we own and operate uh, and have conversation with us there. Let us know what you think about the show. Let us know what you think about Dust. Let us know what you think about Batman Last Night on Earth. And go back and listen to the other shows we've done. And we would greatly appreciate it if you would review the show. Uh, give us a like. Give us a share. Um, more than that, feedback. You know, I would like to hear what people think when they listen to us. So. Yeah, I want to know if you like my burps in the beginning of the show. <laughs> or the, uh, the pain that you're going through with your, with your swollen testes. Yeah, oh, I will definitely keep you guys updated on my nut size if you know we on a weekly basis. If you, send me, send me in those questions. What's be funny is if you got like some calipers out and then like week to week you like measure, <laughs> measure them. Things. Yeah, or I've been taking selfies every day comparing sizes oh in the mirror. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys, that's PG spoilers. We are out. Yep. Holla holla holla.
of many people very rapidly God save me, save me from myself Reach down and rescue me, can't nobody else No! Nobody else can do the things that you can do for me Nobody else can truly play these changes that is free Run around like we can't even seven days a day Thinking this is all my life is really gonna be You better take a step back and you'll see that we have the cure And he died on the tree But he came back for you and for me Just the way you're right and you see But he came to deliver us to have the best that we made so that we can be free And I'm not just a part of a club I'm a man that was shot for a trace I am eternally grateful that he rescued me from the terror of the flames